1 Chronicles 25, verse 7. All the musicians were trained and skilled in music. So that, that's a biblical mandate. Psalm 33, 3 says, play skillfully. They were trained and skilled. And the rest of that sentence says, for the Lord. They were trained and skilled in music for the Lord. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Loop Community Podcast. We have a very special interview for you today with Paul Balash. He has released songs like Hosanna, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Your Name, and a ton more. Paul is an awesome guy, and he has so much wisdom. He's been leading worship for a very long time. And Matt and him are going to talk about teaching and leading your congregation and how to do that better. They'll also be talking about tips for worship leaders to plan out your time and the importance of the Psalms as a worship leader. It's a really great interview, so let's jump right in with Paul Balash. Worship Innovators Conference is bringing together worship leaders and innovators to help you become an expert at using technology in worship. Every worship leader can become an innovator. Take your worship services to the next level by learning how to use the latest and best technology available for worship leaders today. You'll learn practical tools that every worship leader needs to know in 2020. Discover how to become more efficient in planning, being prepared for the unexpected, and how to integrate the best technology for tracks, charts, service planning, and more. The entire conference will be led and taught by the worship companies you love. Join Praise Charts, Planning Center, Loop Community, Church Front, and many more. You'll learn from the experts in worship innovation and connect with other like-minded worship leaders. We'll worship together, build community, hear inspiring and practical talks, and go deeper in focused breakout sessions. You don't want to miss this. Join us for a different kind of worship conference and get ready to become an expert at using technology in worship. Limited space is available, so reserve your spot today at worshipinnovators.com. Paul, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. So good, good to see Matt. you. You're wearing your Loop Community hat. I am, proudly. Present. That's awesome, man. Right out. All over New York City, right? People wonder, what's that? But yeah, I wear it like every other day, basically. So, Paul, what are you what are you up to these days? Like how well, first of all, how long have you been leading worship? <laughs> well When did you start? It makes me sound so old and I don't feel that old, but you know <laughs> You don't you know, look I started, old. Well, it depends what time of day, right? The hat but, helps. Um, you know, I would say I've been leading maybe 30 years. And before that, I was, quote, just a guitar player, unquote. I was born and raised outside of Philadelphia, like South Jersey, right over the bridge. Raised in a sincere Catholic home, blah, 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 altar boy, all that stuff. Had a lot of older brothers and sisters that had all the good records, man. All great albums. And, you know, so we had a basement, you know, your typical little blue collar home in the northeast you know there's a basement six foot ceiling and yeah and my buddies and i you know we just buy a silver tone amp and you've got a little cheap guitar and we tried to learn just basic stuff and even before that we would pretend we'd put on a stack of 45 and just pretend like we were the beatles we'd do like you know a bunch of songs and after the end of every song we'd do that beetle bow yeah know? right that's awesome so anyway, eventually in high school, started playing actual guitar and really getting into it strong and playing in a bunch of bands. And then eventually our, our band was good enough to play at the Jersey Shore, which, you know, that's a big deal when you're a kid. You're like, yeah, man, we got a gig at a Jersey Shore. Kind of thought that was the ultimate. And we played all summer there with a band. And then by the end of the summer, I was completely burned out. 
fried. Just, just this is not what I thought it was going to be. The guys I was playing with were a little bit older. They were really into drugs, and it was just crazy. It was like a VH1. <laughs> it feels like my own little version of a VH1 documentary, right? Yeah, right. And uh, so it wasn't long after that I started meeting people that talked about Jesus like he was real, and that was fascinating because I'd grown up like you know in church, if you will, but not any kind of a heart connection. And uh, before you know it, man came to the Lord really and had a real sort of like Billy Graham moment. And uh, and then I heard Christian music on this AM radio station and thought, man, that is so cool. Like, how do you do that? Where, who's doing that? Where, where, I never heard this before. And yeah. After a couple of years, ended up going to California, went to a music school, sort of like a kind of like a Berkeley but it was a one-year trade school, like a working musician, you know, right. um, not a university. And met some artists out there, started playing guitar for them, blah, blah, blah. Then moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, played with Lenny LeBlanc. But this is, the, I'm answering your question about how long you've been leading worship, because I wasn't leading worship at this time. I'm just playing guitar for people. Yeah. I, I was just really into lead guitar, and I'd sing backup vocal, and I was fine with that. Yeah, then from Muscle Shoals, moved back to Jersey, got married. We were here a year just to pay the bills. I was painting houses in the daytime, playing some clubs at night, just top 40, oldies, you know, rock and roll. Then an opportunity opened up in Texas at Last Days Ministries, where uh, Keith Green, Keith and Melody Green started that. And, um, you know, again, fast forwarding, we were invited to go there. We've stayed in their motor home for a couple months, and then we graduated to... uh, a mobile home and uh, wow. and we were part of that it was like a commune last days ministries yeah and, but the local church there the community church where all these ministries like there was youth with a mission mercy ships last days they'd all gather on a sunday and it was real informal and the pastor would lead and i just started filling in on guitar since i needed a guitar and then at one point uh on sunday within a few months he turned to me and at the end of his message said hey paul why don't you come lead us in a couple songs, uh, why don't you come lead us in a couple songs uh, while we have a time of prayer, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. uh, so then before you know it, you know, I got yeah. up there very reluctantly, but um, started leading worship. Why would you say you still lead worship? Like, have you ever thought of doing something else? Have you ever had something in the past 30 years where you're like, maybe I should just like go be an accountant or something? Or like, why would you say you still lead? Ha. What a great question, man. Why do I lead? I mean, man, after starting to lead that first year, I did really feel a sense of destiny. I really did feel like I was made to do this. One of those kind of moments. I remember going to uh, Israel early on. We had, we did a trip and we led worship at the different sites. And it was such a profound sense of destiny. I remember writing in my journal and just crying and weeping. It was like a real epiphany. Like for some reason, when I would lead worship, it was easy for them to follow. It was easy for them to connect with the Lord. It seemed, there just seemed to be, you know, we use words like anointing or favor or, you know, kind of things, but just a combination of those things. And the people that I was surrounded by who were spiritually mature, just kind of confirmed that this is something you do well. And this is something you're called and you were made. And I don't know, just stuck, just stuck. But it's a two, yeah, kind of a two part question, you know? So number one, that's why I'm still doing it. I do feel it's like chariots of fire, you know, that, that great quote, Eric Little, that he said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. Mm, yeah. And, you know, That's when awesome. I'm leading worship, I feel the pleasure of God. I feel the joy of my salvation. I mean, you know, yeah. of course, there's times where you're, 
you're you're just showing up and you're doing what you're supposed to do and i maybe don't feel anything but i'm just saying in general yeah i still feel a great sense of calling and uh the reason I ask is because I think, you know, a lot, I think about the worship leaders who are listening to this podcast and like there's probably guys who are sitting in their office that are just like overwhelmed or discouraged. I mean, ministry can be hard sometimes. And if you've been leading for like more than 10 years or in your case, like 30 years, like I'm sure there's times where people are just like, man, I want to give up. I just want to quit. Like maybe I need to be doing something else. Have you ever had the, that feeling of just like wanting to quit? And what, what do you even do with those feelings? It's <laughs> a great question. If you feel like you're called to this, this is without a doubt a spiritual calling that's been confirmed many times, then that will get you through some of the most difficult times Mm -hmm. without a doubt. And also, if you're in a place like that, find a a couple, one or two or three spiritually mature people in your church, even if they have nothing to do with worship, but just just people that are a safe place and say, "I'm, I'm tired, I'm I'm burned out. I, I I need I need a break. I need, you know, take a month off. Do what you did, Matt. You know, where you and your wife went off, yeah, right, place together. You know, for a few months or a month, whatever you're able to do. But you got to get recharged. You know, yeah, right. Over the years, Paul, I've been led in worship by you probably a dozen times. And what I love about your worship leadership is that you don't just get up and play through a set list of songs like a spotify playlist like you actually take leading worship like you use the word lead more so than playing more so than singing it's like lead like you really lead and you teach you teach worship you like i see you as kind of like a father of worship leaders like and we need more fathers in the worship space there's a lot of young worship leaders coming in that are you know 16 year olds you know like we all started like i started leading worship when i was 16 in youth group And we need fathers to be speaking into like, here's how you lead and here's why we're doing what we're doing. I remember one time seeing you lead worship and you were like, I remember you did like some sort of football analogy and you were teaching (laughs) kind of about like why we raise our hands in worship. And like, Uh I just remember the moment being just so special because it was just, you weren't leaving people on their own. Like you were just coaching and teaching. Like, why do you do that? Why is that important? Like, can you just kind of expound a little bit on that of like, (laughs) <laughs> it's a big huh. one i know but like no, i think like you no. do it so well well but i didn't always do it well so that's that's a really good question and for anybody listening it's like just like you know you don't start playing guitar and then become really good at it like within the first three months you know it's the more you play it the more that guitar is in your hand or the more the keyboards in your hand whatever you play you you improve by making mistakes and man i had the great fortune of being at a church for 25 years uh, where I had the freedom to, to take little risks, you know, um, it wasn't, it wasn't locked super tight. Like, okay, we're going to start at 1101 and we need you to finish worship at 1122 and a half, you know, because then we're going to, it wasn't that there was, there yeah. was like basically, Hey, let's try to keep it within 25, 30 minutes. Um, that kind of just that little bit of margin. So that helps number one. Number two, I think over time, I felt the need to to provide a little context. Sometimes we'll sing a song and there's something in it that says, uh, you know, I'm falling on my knees. Well, and yet no one on the church is actually falling on their knees, but we're singing that, you know. Right. So sometimes I would feel as a worship pastor, if you will, or slash coach is actually a good. Yeah. I would feel the need to just bring a little context and say, 
I don't know, this is just, just came to my mind. This would be one of many examples. And I'd say, uh, maybe we would do that first chorus and then we would like linger there. I look at the band just to kind of like hang on that chord and say, hey, church, you know, like here we are saying I'm falling on my knees. And, you know, those of you that would like to try that, if you're physically able to get down on the knee, if you want to do that. But but I think more of the heart of, of what we're saying here is that internally, that our, our hearts are, are, are taking a knee we are submitting to the Lord. We are yielding to the Lord. As we say, I'm falling on my knees. We're basically saying, I'm, I'm submitting to you again, God. I'm, I'm yielding. I'm bowing my, my heart to you. Um, so as we sing that, keep that image in your mind, uh, even if you're not physically able to fall on your knees at this moment. Yeah, right. So that's just one of many, like when you say teaching, that, that would be, and I try not to overdo it, make it a five-minute teaching, but yeah. I am aware that giving people a little bit of context sometimes and biblical context, it sort of makes them, oh, okay, now the song is not just lyrics on a screen, but yeah, it's like, let's make this a prayer. I'm trying to think of another one. Oftentimes, like the lifting of hands. Yeah, the football one. For, do you remember that? Now that you mention it, I, I probably have. If I'm in a conservative situation, let's say, or maybe I did this at my church back in the day, um, and it says, you know, lifting holy hands to the king of kings whatever that is um i may after that first chorus look at the band let's just kind of hang there on that hey guys so you know it's interesting when we say lifting hands not all of us grew up in a tradition where that was you know that was normal so um you know the bible does say you know we can lift our hands to the lord so if you feel free i always try to give people an out or yeah convey some respect i didn't want to manipulate or pressure people, but I'd say, you know, if you feel free to just, let's try lifting one hand to the Lord, just with this image in mind, Lord, I'm just reaching out to you. Yeah. You know, I'm reaching out to you and I'm lifting my hand as a, just a, a symbol of saying, God, I'm, I'm reaching my heart to you. Actually, I'd always think of that Peter Gabriel song. I reach out from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in your eyes <laughs> yeah but i would say guys so we're reaching out from the inside but just lift a hand and you know what while you're at it let's just go ahead and lift the other hand let's just do that let's just do that in the room right here we go our hands are up just like you know you know what this says if of course it's a sunday morning i'm like this afternoon some of you are going to watch football two hands in the air that's what the wide receiver is saying to the quarterback throw me the ball <laughs> Throw me the ball. I'm, I'm open. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to receive the ball. And and yeah. like when we lift our hands, that's just one of many things that we're telling the Lord. We're lifting our hands to say, God, I, I'm ready to receive from you. And so there you go. Look look around for a minute. Nobody from your work is here. You want nothing to be ashamed of. You know, look around. See, we all have our hands in the air. I would try to just break down some of those, you know, some of those things that yeah, that we're just in in the natural. We maybe would be self conscious, you know. But I tried to do it in a way that's just a little bit of humor, like yeah. at us, like, "Hey, look at us here with our hands in the air." But like, since we have them in the air, let's just all say, "Hallelujah, ha ah, ha," you know, "Hallelujah," and then a little bit of tongue in cheek. But what that did, I think, what it does is, once they've done it once, that person has never lifted their hands. They've realized that, hey, that wasn't such a big deal. And, I, and of course, I remember the first time yeah. I did that. And I'd never done, grew up in a church that did that. And when I did, there was something freeing about it. So that's just one of right. many examples of where I try not to overteach, but I'll try to give a little context of what we're singing so that it's not separated from yeah. real life. So, yeah. 
you do like such a good job at it. Yeah, not making people feel awkward or weird. It's just very like, yeah, like you said, like kind of tongue in cheek, like very just casual, but very pastoral. And I'm trying to think through that like, it does take practice and experience and you almost do need to know something to be able to teach it. And I think one of the hard things is that a lot of worship leaders just memorize songs. You know, they, uh-huh. they're just great song leaders. They can play through a song and yeah, kill yeah. it, you know. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't know theology or if you don't know the Bible or if you don't know, <laughs> it, yeah. it makes it harder to actually have those pastoral moments. Is there any advice you would give like someone who wants to grow in this but is maybe <laughs> doesn't know how to be pastoral? Like they can sing a song, but they don't know how to, maybe they don't have the theological, backing yeah. or yeah. the knowledge yeah. to actually teach it. Like, yeah. do you write this stuff out ahead of time? Not necessarily. Maybe in the early days, I might have wrote, wrote a scripture on my set list that was like to my right. You know, like, okay, this is my set list. And oh, in between song two and three, this would be a good scripture maybe to sort of, to just quote. Like, that's a good baby steps place to start. So um, you're using scripture. Yeah. So, I don't know. Here's another example. Maybe coming out of... Um, Blessed be the name of the Lord into the song, Your Name. So let's say instead of just going right into it, I think, okay, is there a scripture that talks about the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord? Oh, yeah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, Proverbs 18. The righteous run to it and are saved. So I can imagine in my early days, let's say, blessed be your glorious name. We sort of in that song. I'm going to say, Lord, we bless your name this morning. The name of the Lord, that Proverbs 18 says, the name of the Lord, your name, is a strong and mighty tower. And maybe in rehearsal, I tell my keyboard player, while I'm speaking the scripture, that why don't you begin yeah. the intro to your name? Right. And so that's a good way to just get started in this. Like instead of you feeling like you have to come up with something profound to say, yeah, there's nothing more profound than just scripture. Yeah, right. Let the, let the weight of scripture be in your favor. So... I find you don't have to do that between every song, but you know, we're kind of transitioning from that up tempo part yeah. to a little bit more of a ballad. There's a little bit of time there. So instead of just silence, that's a good moment to say, you know, yeah, wow, we just said, blessed be your name, Lord. And Proverbs 18, even if you're reading it, says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are saved. So Lord, we run to your name the best we know how, you know, would just help us understand what that means to run. They run to your name. So we, we run to your name to find strength and hope and healing yeah. and provision. And, and see, as I'm saying these words to Matt, this is a good reminder that I spent a lot of time in prayer meetings. So all of a sudden I'm realizing these words are coming out of my mouth. Lord, we run to you for for hope we run to you for your strength we run to you for provision we run to you i'm just backing up for a minute and going you know how come i'm saying that well i remember being in many a prayer group during the week there was like a woman's prayer meeting at our church and man some of these women would just pray like dynamite on tuesday mornings and they would pray in the sanctuary and oftentimes i'd make sure that i just happened to be in the sanctuary and Sometimes I'd offer to like, hey, I'll, let me just lead a song or two to kick off your prayer meeting. And then you, yeah. you ladies do your thing. And they were, they were grateful that, oh, thanks, you know. But I would kind of hang out in the midst and just hear their prayers. And so maybe someone listening, that's not one of your fortes. Maybe you're 
you're just so good musically and you're you do vocally and you're able to lead four or five songs in a row and yet you struggle with some of this spiritual stuff so yeah i would say get around i would go to the ywam prayer meetings i'd go to the teen mania prayer meetings i'd sit in the back and of course i'd be praying but i'd also just be influenced by the mm-hmm. prayers of people that just seemed like yes lord and we just and they were praying scripture a lot of time they were just saying god we just speak your word back to you god the name of the lord your 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 word says blah 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 you know like yeah, this right. and that and i think that sort of by osmosis you know i sort of that would sort of get into my soul and then all yeah. of a sudden but two weeks from now i'm going between song three and four and just out of my soul would come this very short prayer, you know, but it was a transition into the next yeah. song. So combination, you know, that's number one. Get so practical. Here's a handle. Find some prayer meetings. Get in there. Get in there. Even if you're like, you're not, you don't feel like you have a whole lot to say. That's all right. Get around people that are praying. It may not even be your church. Go to that church a few miles down the road. They're a little bit funny. You're not sure about them, but there's, you know that, man, there's something yeah. Something about there's something going on there. It may not be your cup of tea, but man, just slip in the back on a Friday night prayer meeting and just let that, you know, take the good. Don't judge it. Don't sit there right. and judge it. Just kind of go, man, you know. So, all right, that's number one. The, the second thing would be, yeah, the Psalms are the vocabulary of worship. So make it your ambition now to read through the Psalms, read a Psalm or two a day. I like to read them out loud. Like read it out loud. There's something about hearing it come out of your mouth psalm 92 mm-hmm. it is good to praise you lord and make music to your name O most high to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night and then maybe you stop there and you mm-hmm. go man i want to i love that i want to say that one again i'm just instead of reading the whole thing just god it is good to praise you lord amen and make music so all of a sudden you turn that scripture start Use it as a as a point of pr- to make it a prayer. So yeah. you go from reading the scripture to like, yes, Lord, I that is so true, God. It is a good thing. It's good to praise you, Lord. It's good to make music to your name, God. This morning, here it is, eight o'clock. I I just proclaim your love this morning. I proclaim mm. your love, and tonight I will proclaim your faithfulness. So you're getting scripture off of the page into your heart over time. I mean, you could say memorize. Yeah, go ahead and just memorize. Yeah. A few key scriptures, especially from Psalms, some prayerful Psalms each week. If you I met mean, back in the day, I used to write it on a three by five card and, and scotch tape it to my dashboard of my yeah. car. I don't know if three by five cards are, if you can even yeah. get them anymore, right? But right. I'm just saying the goal was get scripture in your heart. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you. Not just like, oh yeah, I read my Bible app five minutes every day. It's like, no, no, no. There's got to be a time where like you're, you're going to make a really strong cup of tea and you're going to like, like an English person would, like Andy Rozier would, you know, yeah, like right. from England. And you put that tea bag in there and you don't just put it in for 10 seconds. And pull it out. No, you just let that marinate. You just mm-hmm. let that. So Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell, like steep, if you will, in you richly. And then as a byproduct out of that will come psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, Things to say in between songs. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, prayers to close your set, prayers to open your set. Like, as you get that word of God in you, and like, as I say, start with Psalms. Find those Psalms. Psalm 95 is a good one. Psalm 95, man, 
I would say be a student this next few months. Go through Psalms and look for every biblical expression of worship. So Psalm 95 is a good place to start. Come, let us sing. Go ahead and write that down. Sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout. Okay, shout. I used to tease our church. I <laughs> often read Psalm 95 before we begin. Well, good morning, church. Let's stand together. And man, you know, this year we talked about trying to grow in our worship, in our expression. So let's look at Psalm 95 again. Verse one, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud. Maybe we'll wait for the shouting one. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll leave that. Yeah. Maybe we'll leave next that year. for the next year. Right. And I, yeah. again, that's what I'm talking about. A little bit of humor in a in sense. It's not hilarious humor, but it's just trying to put yourself in the shoes of a guy who, man, he's just, you know, he's working whatever his thing is. He's an air traffic controller or he's a construction guy or he's an accountant. Like, yeah. He's in an office 50, 50 hours a week. And, you know, it's just not, he's not quick to just sort of talk and like be expressive, if you will, per se. So I want to like be aware of that and acknowledge that without even saying it sometimes, or I'll put it on myself. I'll say, man, I don't know if I'm ready to shout yet. You know, I, sometimes I'll shout at a football game or I'll shout at a rock concert, but I don't know, a church. Yeah. So maybe we'll just put that off to the side for a few months. All right. The next one says, verse two, let us come before him with thanksgiving. Huh? Hmm. We can do that, right? Who's thankful, right? Good. And then let's extol him with music and song. And that's what we're about to do, guys. We're going to we're going to honor the Lord with music and song. And this, and this is why we're doing it, because right. 2000 years ago, David said, come on, guys, this is what I want you to do. Let's extol the Lord with music and song. So I look at my drummer. He starts to click. and Here we go. We're in that first song. But so there's always a little bit of that pastoral teaching, a little bit, creating a little bit of context. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, I guess we could give 10 more examples, but I would say, so number one, your assignment is get into some prayer meetings. Let's start getting some of uh, hear other people's prayers. Let that stir your heart. Number two, man, start reading the Psalms out loud. And when you run across a particular verse that stands out, that feels prayer-like, stop, say it out loud again, say it again, put a melody to that again. Oh, I will sing, you know, it is good to praise you, Lord, and make music to your name, O Most High. Again, you know, it's just you and the Lord. Don't be self-conscious. You're not trying to write a hit song. You're just trying to, yeah. You're trying to just get that scripture off of the page into your heart, out of your mouth, back in your ears, into your heart, out of your mouth, <laughs> and it just—I'll tell you. Three months from now, six months from now, you just practice this. Let it yeah. become a new practice. That's a good word, a practice. And then you don't know when it's going to happen, but six months from now. You're in the middle of a service, you're between song three and four, and out of your mouth, you just finish that song, it was real fun, up-tempo, and you go, woo, yeah, and you're da 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 the drummer goes, brum, and you just, you're on the mic, and you just, you're just so excited, and you go, God, woo, it's, it is good to praise you, Lord, Psalm 92, it's good to praise you, Lord, it's good to make music to your name, most high. Amen. God, isn't it good, guys? It's so good. I look at my drummer. He's starting the next song. Three, four, boom. Yep. And in hindsight, you go, this voice in you goes, hey, that was pretty good. Yeah. Like, I hadn't planned on saying that, and yet it came out of my mouth because three months ago, four yeah. months ago, six months ago, I did this privately. So yeah. it's all about cultivating a private 
worship to the Lord. And then on Sunday mornings or a public, our public worship, it kind of starts to leak out, you know, it, yeah. it just starts leaking out and the Holy Spirit will just pull that scripture that you've hidden in your heart It'll pull it out and use it effectively. That's so good. Those are all great examples. I'm I, honestly, I'm leading worship this weekend. I'm going to use one of those and practice it. <laughs> you should write a book on this stuff because I think there's so much, tra- there's a lot of training about like how to like actually play worship, but like there's not a lot of, at least that I've found, of like training of how do you lead, how do you pastor worship? Like mm. really, like the stuff you're talking about, there's, I mean, you've, you've got so many nuggets of wisdom there. Can I, can I ask you a question? So yeah. my struggle with that is I would like to write a book on that. On the other hand, I've always felt like video or the visual or even the audio seems like a better way to convey these things because I, I'm giving examples in real time where sometimes I feel like a book you're, you're yeah. a bit limited, you know, you're looking at, you know, ink on a page yeah. and, but whereas right here, I'm talking to you and I'm feeling like all passionate about it. Yeah. Like, so I don't a know. A video I'm, course might be best, like a master yeah. class, like a yeah. 10 video series that people okay. buy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should talk about that because that. All right, cool, man. We'll do it, bro. So, all right. Be my moderator. Yeah. I have two more questions. Yeah, man. When you're leading worship, what is typically on your mind? Like, what are you thinking about? as a worship set is progressing. <laughs> There's a million thoughts that go through a worship leader's mind, I'm sure, uh, as it's going on. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. This would be a funny question to put out to all your listeners. It would, um, I know. This is actually a well, new question. I, I've never asked anybody this question, and I'm curious. Well, I'm saying it's funny because I'm just going to start off with <laughs> the, the least religious or the least spiritual <laughs> yeah. answer because, you know, many times, you know, one of the things in my mind is back in the day, it's like, um, where are we going to eat lunch today? Yeah, you know, my, right. my wife kind of wanted to go to that Mexican place, but I was thinking more Chinese and, uh, yeah, right. and, and I'm singing the, the last chorus of this worship Your song name. in my brain. <laughs> Your name. I think, yeah, I think we'll go to Golden Corral. Yeah, know? right. <laughs> now, you know, don't, nobody totally. jump on me about that. I'm just being real. No, for, um, for sure. And of course, once I catch myself doing that over the years, then it's yeah. like, hey, no, no, come on, let's go, Balash. Hello. I, I hear right. that little football coach in my head like, hey, yeah. focus, Balash, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, we remember. all want to say that we're always just thinking about God during the whole worship set, but there's a lot to think about. There's a lot happening. There is. Let's face it. Sometimes you're out there and you look out and the guy in the second row, why is he, he could be picking his nose. Like, yeah, he has like, his fingers like, in his ears. Yeah, or, or right, or his arms are folded, or, or yeah. wonder, am I doing something wrong? Why does he have such a cross look on his face and his arms are folded? Um, yeah. Uh, who knows? There's just a number of things. On the other hand, over the years, because in the beginning, I used to just close my eyes all the time. That was just the easiest escape. I just begin the song, and my eyes were closed, and it's kind of like, if they're with me, great. If they're not, I don't even know it. I'm just going to worship the Lord. That's not a bad, like, default to start there like just make sure if nothing else you are sincerely earnestly trying to press into god using this song as a prayer and i'm talking songs i've sung hundreds of times i will still go through that split second thing in my brain that god this is my prayer right now i mean it i really mean it god i want you to open the eyes of my heart i want to see you lord Mm-hmm. I want to see you, God. I want to see you in my family. I want to see you in my marriage. I want to see you. Like people are like, don't you get tired of singing that song? I'm like, I mean, honestly, I don't, um, because 
I've really worked hard over the years at trying to whatever song I'm singing, even if it's super familiar, yep. I want to sing it as if it's the first time and I'm praying it to God. That's I would say that's a key that I want to convey. That's a principle that everybody should write down if you're listening. Like, make every song you lead, sing it like you're praying it to God. It just happens to have a melody. Mm. Um, there's a song, you know, uh, up-tempo, uh, all we want and all we need, found in you, found in you. Yep. But that first verse, man, it's like, We're I'll, I'll encourage out. people. Yeah, guys, let's pray. Oftentimes before I begin that, hey, guys, let's just pray this first verse together. And I just me on a guitar or a keyboard. I'm like, let's pray this. Ready? Reaching out to welcome you, God. Fill this place again with your song. Flood our thoughts with wonder and awe. Give us a greater glimpse, grab a changing God. Mm-hmm. And I look back at my drummer, three, four, again, you know, the, then the song starts. But at least I've conveyed the idea of, guys, let's let's pray this lyric. Let's get it in our guts. Let's get it in our soul. Yeah. Let's not just sing ly- words on a screen. Yeah. So that's what's going through my mind for sure. And, and just one additional thing that stuck with me years ago, 20 years ago, I had this, heard this interview with Whitney Houston and there's nobody that emotes like Whitney Houston. Right. And when she sings a song, right. I believe the children are our future. Teach them. Well, you're just like, I believe you girl. (laughs) And she's singing, Oh, I want to dance with somebody, you know, just like she is fully committed. Right. But I remember in this interview, she said, you know, when I was growing up in church, my mama would say, you know, make sure, Whitney, every every word you sing, that it, you believe in it. You understand what you're saying, that you're 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 speaking it out and you're 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 speaking it with belief, which is another way of kind of what I was saying. It's hmm. like we're praying these songs. We're we're praying these songs. But I, I just I just thought that makes sense. That's why when she sings. I feel something. I feel like this, this woman means what she's singing. And I wanted to be that in my little Paul Balash version, you know, my little yeah. blue collar octave and a half range at best. Um, but each of us can do that. Each of us can look at that lyric, study it. Don't be addicted to the, the confidence monitor on the back. Yep. You know, let that be a last resort, man. Make sure yeah. as, as the week unfolds, <clears throat> do everything in your power to, to l- read the lyric, look at the lyrics, say it out loud, pray it out loud. Don't just sing it, but pray that lyric, you know, like we just did there. Um, um, and then as you sing it by Sunday morning, it's in you and you're, you should not need that confidence monitor. That is yeah. just for like, oops, last minute. But I know many of us, yeah. Once you have a confidence monitor, it's so easy to, to rely on that. And I feel like we're it it affects what's going on in worship. I really do. I believe it affects. We we don't quite feel now it's in the same way that if Whitney Houston got up there to sing, I believe the children are our future, but in her brain she's thinking about, Hey, I'm going on vacation next month and I uh-huh. you know, and uh, let's see, that I, I need to do this and I like I think we would feel that. We would sense that she's preoccupied or she's not fully invested. Yeah. So that's the last thing I would say is like, let's just, you know, it's New Testament or King James, something about girding up the loins, <laughs> girding up the loins of your faith. You know, it's like just just harness all that emotion and meaning and lyric. And let's challenge ourselves to channel that lyric in the moment. Let's just bring it to four, you know, yeah, bring it to four, even though it's just four songs. Let's just make all four of those songs. Let's make 
every word, every sentence count. Like you're conveying it, like you're telling a story. Yeah. 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 If you were having coffee with like a 20 year old worship leader, what's the most important <laughs> thing about leading worship? <laughs> Maybe they're just getting started and they're just like, Paul, yeah. it's like, what, what do I need to know? Like, what's the most important thing that I need to know? Well, I would say, first of all, keep a time journal for the next week and, and look at how much time you waste on things that are frivolous, that bear no fruit whatsoever. Hmm. <laughs> so I yeah. would say time is so limited. We are all so busy. And 10 years ago, there was no social media. We didn't spend an hour going through our Instagram, our Twitter, and our this and our Facebook for the day. That all takes almost an hour a day, practically, by the time yeah. you... You engage. So that's an hour that we never used to spend doing that. That's an hour that you could be practicing your primary instrument with a metronome. Or you could yep. be taking vocal lessons. You could be getting, going to a prayer group. But I'm telling you, we live in the most distracted generation in history. Hmm. We get more information in one day than my grandparents had in their lifetime. Right. And that's not an exaggeration. My grandparents grew up in rural Nova Scotia humble, poor little farmers, you know, lived off the land. Yep. They didn't, they didn't have TV, they didn't have radio, they didn't have anything. They didn't right. have input. It was just conversation. So I would say you got to be ruthless about what you can cut out for a season. I'm not saying you can't do social media, but just be aware of all the time stealers. All right. And uh, there's a book I read years ago that helped me, Seven Habits, of highly, highly Effective People. Yep. It's a cheesy title, but you know, the first three chapters are gold, and that really helped me to to define what my mission is, what my roles are, and then how to plan my week to make sure I'm putting big rocks in first, mm. instead of just letting my time like sand just go through my hands and at the end of the week realizing, man, I didn't really... I didn't do I didn't anything. Really I didn't <laughs> do anything, man. So you learn that concept of planning. All right, God, I am a this, like, Real quick, back in the day, you know, I'm, I'm a child of God. First, I started all, I used to start off with, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a worship pastor, I'm a songwriter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm a son, I'm a son, I had parents, my, they were alive then, so I'm a son, I want to be a good son, I'm a sibling, I want to like touch base with my, so anyway, I had these different roles, and without going into that whole teaching, but then I realized one day, actually my first role is, I'm a child of God. Hmm. That was a revelation. That I yeah. gotta before I do before I can be a good husband or a good anything, I gotta learn to just be God's kid. I gotta learn to receive the love of God for myself every day. I gotta learn to receive God's grace. I gotta learn to take care of of this childlike heart and not overcommit it and not burden it with all kinds of distractions and overcommitments and responsibilities. And so anyway, that that really changed my my life, man. Just wow. starting there. All right, I'm a child of God first, and then out of that. Okay, our husband, I want to make sure I plan a date this week. Okay, I'm a dad. All right, I want to make sure, okay, I got a soccer game on Thursday. I want to make sure I'm, I want to do some rollerblading this week with uh, my youngest daughter. She's into that right now. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. All right, so that, that seemed like that's not probably what you expected me to say. But no, that's great advice, though. So just if you'll allow me, then, so once you figured, once you spend some time with that, then I would say, what would I tell that 20 year old? I would say, <laughs> I've said this to many of our teenager youth group worship leaders. Look, right now you're not married. You don't have a, a girlfriend or boyfriend. You don't da da da. You're right. You don't have a house. Like you'll never have more discretionary time. So now is the time. If you feel called to ministry and leadership, I would eat, drink, and sleep, whatever yeah. your primary instrument is. Yeah. 
So like, just become a fanatic. Every time you sit down, even if you're watching a movie, if you're a guitarist, have an electric guitar and just mute it so you don't annoy everybody in the room. But just keep doing those scales or work on your chord shapes. Just have that guitar in your lap all the time, working on stuff. Even if you're just doing your left hand, you're yeah. not bothering anybody. And that may sound crazy, but I'm saying you got to put your 10,000 hours in. Right. You got to put... right. <clears throat> it's muscle memory. So have that guitar in your lap. You're not making any noise. There's a room full of people watching a movie, but you're still making your shapes yeah. <clears throat> on the guitar with your left hand. And then equal importance or more importance is you have to cultivate a healthy spiritual devotional life, which involves the basics of hmm. getting in the word, like being part of a healthy small group, being around people that kind of encourage and challenge you yeah. In the healthiest, in the healthiest of ways. You don't be a lone ranger Christian. So cultivating, you know, reading devotional books, read some A.W. Tozer, read a book called Worship Matters by yeah. Bob Coughlin. So at the same time that you eat, drinking and sleeping, your primary instrument vocally, make sure you're taking vocal lessons. Make sure you get a couple vocal apps on your phone and every day for 30 minutes you're doing those exercises. Nay, 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 nay. You've got to do that if you want to. Right. And what? And someday you'll experience the great, the joy of excellence, the joy of yeah. a certain degree of mastery that comes with being yeah. able to stand on a platform and with a certain, some degree of confidence, be able to get through a set without a train wreck. Right. Um, right. That is a goal to keep in mind. And here's a scripture to motivate you. Here's a and I'll, I'll close with this. Sorry, I'm so long-winded, Matt. Forgive me. Man. First Chronicles 25, verse 7. All the musicians were trained and skilled in music. Hmm. Now, that's not the end of the sentence, but I want to say it again. First Chronicles 25, verse 7. All the musicians were trained and skilled in music. So that, that's a biblical mandate. Psalm 33, 3 says, play skillfully and shout for joy. It doesn't say, hey, yeah, play guitar if you feel like it. Or, right. Yeah, practice your piano when you have time. Right. No, it says they were trained and skilled. So a young person at 20 years old, this is a time in your life where, yep. man, eliminate as many distractions as possible. Dig in deep. Find another brother or sister that can hold you accountable. Maybe they're trying to do the same thing. Um, but anyway, that, that scripture, it's a biblical mandate, trained and skilled in music. And the rest of that sentence says, for the Lord. They were trained and skilled in music for the Lord. For the Lord. I love so I that. I love that. So, yeah, wow. yeah. So in other words, when you're practicing your pentatonic scales and you're going through your chord shapes and all that, think of it as, hey, I'm, I'm, this is spiritual stuff I'm doing. Yep. You know, I used to have thoughts in my mind like, oh, man, I could be helping out with the poor down in the mission. <laughs> or I could be on a missions trip. Or I could be, uh, you know, a number of things at a soup kitchen. But it's like if God has called you, then practicing your scales, practicing your chord shapes, learning music theory. All these things are for you. These are spiritual practices and disciplines that God wants you to invest in so he can use you for his glory. Paul, this is like excellent. These are like gold nuggets. This is so good. Thank you for just pouring into worship leaders, for being a worship father, as I like to put it. We need more of you speaking into the younger worship leaders that are coming up. And I appreciate your leadership and you've had a huge influence on me as a worship leader. And so I th thank you. Thanks for taking the time mm -hmm. to be on this podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. My pleasure. And 
Yeah, I, I love how you serve the, the worship community so well. I'm grateful for Loop Community and everything you've done. You saw that coming before others did. I, I remember when this was something in your heart and mind that to create a tool that would help worship teams that struggle, you know, trying to just get through a song. Right. It's fun for me to think back when this was just yeah. a seed of an idea. Yeah. And to watch the the work and the investment, like basically what I just said a minute ago. Eat, drink, and sleep yep. whatever God's put in your heart. Like, That's what you I did. did. That you did, bro. I watched <laughs> it, and the Lord is just, you know, blessing thousands and thousands of churches around yeah. the world because of your willingness to stay committed to the vision. So, thanks, man. Anyway, brother. Yeah, I'm not trying to flatter you, just no, encouraging you. And, and uh, yeah, bro, it's great. I'm glad we get to do this together for the glory of God. Thanks, brother. Thanks for joining us on the Leap Community Podcast. Music from this episode is brought to you by John Guerra from his album, Little Songs. Make sure you check it out on Apple Music or Spotify. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, leave a review and a rating. It means a lot. We'll see you soon.